I'm Betsy Reed, and this is The Discomfort Practice, where I talk to creatives, activists, leaders, scientists, and a host of others about discomfort, about the role it's played in their lives, who they are and what they do in the world, and the value of discomfort in helping us move forward as a society. Discomfort is just the edge of your comfort zone, and on the other side are superpowers. So settle yourself in, and let's get uncomfortable. Well, hello. I'm about to do something I've never done before, which is ask for your patience with the sound of this episode. It's not bad, but I only discovered about halfway through this really interesting interview that my podcast mic was not picking up the sound, so all the sound on my end is coming through a tiny little microphone on my headset. So I apologize for that, but thank you for your patience in advance, and I know you'll still be able to enjoy this this episode. The editor has done their best in adjusting the sound so that it's quite level, as level as possible between me and my guest. So just turn the volume up a little bit, I suggest, and enjoy. So Carlos, or Charlie Zimbron, is an architect who graduated from Universidad Iberoamericana in Mexico City, but he's also, and why I'm talking to him today, the co-founder and CEO of Fuck Up Nights. And I just like saying it, but it's a really awesome, awesome organization doing some great work. He's also co-founder, or maybe founder, I'll have to ask about that, of the Failure Institute and Mujeres Sin Filtro, Women Without a Filter. He's the co-founder and board member of We Are Todos, a cultural and creative development space located in Mexico City, which was founded in 2010. And in 2016, Charlie founded Watt Studio, which is an architecture and design studio specializing in tech experiences. So his areas of expertise, it will not surprise you to find out, are in failure, resilience, failure management, which is a damn good term, innovation, entrepreneurship, and creativity. We'll talk about how all of those things are actually linked. In terms of great things for a podcast about discomfort, I can think of a lot worse things to, to focus on than failure as a jumping off point. But Fuck Up Nights in particular caught my attention. Years ago, I've been recommending it to my students at the Cambridge Institute for Sustainability Leadership, all of whom are execs, and all of whom are probably more or less familiar with failure. So Fuck Up Nights explains itself like this. We live life without filters by sharing stories of failure. Fuck Up Nights is a global movement with a platform for international events where people get to share their personal failure stories. Every month, different events happen worldwide where three to four speakers step into the spotlight in front of a room of strangers to share their screw-ups. We've heard it all, from stories of businesses that go bust, partnership deals that fall out, to products that must be recalled. So we'll dive a bit more into the specifics of this is a global movement, which is pretty cool. It's driven by the community of people who take part itself. So there might very well be a fuck up night in your area. You should totally check that out. But it's about sharing professional failure stories on a monthly basis. And they do this in over 62 countries around the world. But how cool is that? The idea of getting to get together with other professionals and hopefully fearlessly, or feel the fear and do it anyway, talk about failure. I wish we could do more of that. So this is actually a really important thing. 
for you to think about as you listen to this. And it's an important thing happening. So let's also talk about the Failure Institute, which I'm sure we'll touch on in this chat. So it's a social enterprise that helps businesses and organizations drive a cultural shift in their organizational culture through experiences and an online learning program. And Charlie and the Failure Institute have worked with Google, Inter-American Development Bank, Shopify, Mondelez, AXA, USAID, City, and a hundred more businesses of big names. So productivity and innovation come from psychological safety at the workplace. So what's interesting about that is obviously big businesses who are really focused on making money and having impact and doing their thing in the world understand that embracing failure is a key part of being successful. But I've had a few past guests who've talked about the value of vulnerability, and I'm really looking forward at coming at it through this lens of the value and joy of celebrating our mistakes and of fucking up. <laughs> so here we go. Welcome, Charlie. Hi, Betsy. Thank you for having me. Um, and yeah, I, I, I really like the, the whole introduction. Thanks. I always do the introduction live in front of my guests because it often is a really awkward experience that I kind of like because it makes people uncomfortable from the start about kind of how awesome they are. Because it probably feels a bit third person, you know, like, wow, who is this person? They're pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you're getting that. Like, you're pretty awesome, Charlie. Thanks. So then let's dive in. First question I always ask, which is the same, which is what's an uncomfortable moment that shaped who you are and what you do in the world? Yeah, when I read it uh, from the brief, uh, I was like, thinking about it. And of course, I had a lot of uncomfortable moments, you know, like daily basis, uncomfortable moments, being clumsy or having mistakes or whatever. But one that it's that shaped more my my whole career and also my life, actually, it's I studied architecture, as I said, uh, I'm an architect. I thought I wanna be I, I was gonna be an architect forever and I was gonna be like, you know, the kind of architect that everyone in in the in the architecture school wanna be, you know, like the one with a big studio with a lot of people working for them on big projects and trying to build a super museum or something like that. But it was super uncomfortable when I understood that I didn't wanna be just an architect for my whole life because I I decide to like change and do all other things I like and change my my path, you know, in the way I wanna I wanna do it. But the moment I understood that it was super uncomfortable, but because I was I was like changing the paradigm that I created like for a long time. Even you mentioned some of my other projects. I started a studio based like. Uh, focus on architecture and and we hire people and we have like a structure and everything and then i i realized that i didn't want that for my whole life and and it's mind-blowing because i didn't have a problem you know like with that with that kind of way of living but i i, I didn't want it uh, to be an architect the whole the whole time and i had fuck up nights in, in like at the same time we had the project and and i had the opportunity to 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 jump in so that was some comfortable like for me like the idea of my parents me being an architect forever you know like that 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 generation of, of my parents uh paying for the school you know investing in the future of you of your kids and everything and it's like i'm gonna 
let them down because of this. And then I understood that at none, but but in that moment it was difficult. Yeah. Man, yeah, the pressure of not living up to your own expectations of the thing that you just always thought you were gonna do. And architecture is a lot of school, isn't it? Like that's a lot of years of school. How many years is it, Shane? Well, in Mexico it's like five, six, but depends like other other places are like more like eight, nine, like so. depends on, <laughs> on yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on So you basically like changed your entire identity so you had an identity crisis probably in your early 20s and had to think yeah because even even like the way you dress the way you act you're an architect you know like and and then like you realize that you are not an architect you are you studied architecture and you work for that but you are yourself and you can be what whatever you want to be and and yeah like I, I, I when i go now to architecture parties you know that my friends architecture yeah, parties <laughs> of my friends of that of that uh, time i was like wow everyone looked like kind of the same and have the same like architect you know shape and you know like and and i decided to, to i have a, i have a lot of that but uh, still but i changed a lot of way of thinking yeah because mm, like now I'm, now i'm gonna start observing how architects dress but <laughs> what did you actually like what was the feeling that you went through as you kind of gave up that that identity and it sounds like this tribe that you were like I'm an architect it's what we are it's how we dress it's who we hang out with but, like how did it feel leaving that I don't know when when at the beginning it was like I didn't try enough to be an architect and I just like that was my first my first feeling like I didn't try enough and and I'm feeling about being an architect but at the same time I was like but this is my decision it's like I can be if I want but my decision is I don't want to be and that like both sides of the of the idea is like it's it's a weird feeling because it's a, a identity crisis totally like you're deciding to change yourself and 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 that's difficult to convince yourself your head and your to, to do that yeah. Yeah, like yeah, because it sounds like being an architect is a very head-led thing. So like knowledge and certain stuff that you acquire and it's very cerebral. And yeah, what you were saying, I was like that kept coming up to me is like your head had to be convinced to follow what you knew you needed to do. And also that that fuck up, that word of like failing. So how how did fuck up nights come about? When did you start that idea? And it sounds like personal experience really informed it in mexico we we made this like barbecues um everyone's in a while with friends we named it carne asada uh, and we were in one of those uh like you know eating and drinking and after a few beers and mezcales you know like the barbecues can be like super long here you know you start in the in the middle of the, of the day and you end up like kind of drunk in, in at night uh so at the end of the night we were a little bit tipsy and talking about these crazy ideas or crazy things you talk when you're kind of drunk and mezcal is its own brand of drunk and brilliance i think <laughs> exactly yeah yeah mezcal have like uh like extra it's like psychedelic in a way yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like it's borderline with psychedelic totally so um yeah, in, in that moment we were like 
talking about crazy things and one of those things was like why every conference we went it's kind of the same basically that was like uh, the 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 headline in the in the conversation uh, and it was yeah could be like inspiring some of them or a lot of them but feels like the same like are incom incomplete or that they are not telling you everything and you already know what the person on the stage are gonna say but what how they arrive to that pedestal to that stage uh, and it wasn't more like a, as a question and we said like what's the opposite of that and the opposite of that we we, we like understand that as as success what's the opposite of of that failure so the idea came out like this is like a whole dissertation about that night but that night was like terminal strong ideas and that's it <laughs> and yeah we came out with the name that exact night too it, it was like a good idea then the other day we decided like and hung over a little bit and we 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 text each other and said like remember what we talk about it was good you know like it was a good idea and we tried it for the first time with our friends and with our um, family, 20 people, 10 people, you know, like the first idea, really close to the first, to the to that barbecue night, two weeks after or something like that. And it was really inspiring for us, you know, like it was like, wow, that this, this is good uh, because some of the speaker are our friends or the speakers were our friends and they were like super at the beginning they didn't want to go because they didn't understand what was about it and it was failure what are, what are you talking about like we don't <laughs> talk about it. and and at the end of the night they say thanks because i i, I just want to talk about this and never had the opportunity to do it so it's almost like getting to tell the backstory yeah yeah totally. yeah it's like the opposite of Instagram influencers where you're like, you get to hear about all the shit that went wrong rather than just seeing the glossy at the end version or the building when you're talking about like architecture conferences or whatever. Or at least an in-between of those, you know, like you don't have to be like totally pessimistic about everything, but something more, you know, equalized, I don't know. Like a more balanced perspective of how things actually work in the real world, right? How did it take off from there? Because obviously, like, you did it once, you could have stopped there, but then it gained a life of its own, and now you're in, like, over 62 countries, people are doing this. So you obviously, like, you hit a nerve, you did something, you created something that really needed to be out there. So what happened next? How did it grow? You you said it, like, mm, we discovered really quickly that failure is, like, it's universe, universal, and it's transversal to every money status social status whatever status and at the beginning we were like well failure is super mexican you know because we are from latin american country and you know we have we have been living with crisis our whole lives but then we realized that that is not like everyone have the from their perspectives in different cultures and different latitudes they have their own way of seeing failure every every culture is different but we understand that it's universal like everyone's have this the same and we that we weren't alone in this 
at the beginning in Mexico City, a lot of people from from the country said like, I don't want, I want to take this to Guadalajara or to Monterrey, you know, other 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 cities here in in the country. But we didn't understood that like at the beginning was like, yeah, right, like we're gonna keep doing this. It was growing like you know from twenty people to fifty people to seventy people, you know, like more and more and more and like. The, the the format is super important because it's a short format of of of, of talks, ten minutes max, and we have beers and we have an informal experience, you know, like and really uh, loose uh, kind of conference, uh, and it's kind of funny, like you can laugh a lot in a, in a fuck of night because while well, you're listening, people uh, falling and failing and everything. So the format helps a lot to grow. And the tipping point was when we received a mail from Spain asking us to take the format there. Um, and it was like, oh, fuck, how, how that happened? Like, I understand if someone in Mexico, because we are in the center of a country or the capital and like the capital city and everyone is looking at Mexico City, but from Spain, how, how that happened? <laughs> and, and we realized that we had like something bigger than us and and that that we didn't do anything to happen that to happen and the ripple effect was crazy you know we 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 throw a rock a little rock in spain and then europe start growing and then mexico city and Latin America are growing and then that was unstoppable after that it was a good idea that have like a lot of luck <laughs> i love it you said like you know failure is mexican i think probably you were if you asked anybody they'd be like oh this kind of failure is particularly fill in whatever country they're from but it was funny that you're just like ah this is just ah we're always like getting through stuff and the pride and your resilience but then you kind of figured out this is a human thing isn't it yeah how is like this freedom to talk about failure and messing up really important right now, particularly as I don't know if you're seeing it the way I see it, but we're going through so much systemic breakdown, so much failure of lots of things, political systems, um, things we thought would protect us, things that we thought we were going to be when we grow up or have when we were older or be able to achieve. How is this setting us all up to actually be able to deal with the state of the world, this awareness of embracing a failure? We realized that failure, is, share the failure is necessary in in every in every era. Now it's a little bit more like we we create an industry about that around that, and it's more accepted and it's more normalized to share it. But the problem with with that is that the world is in constant crisis, and we don't have the opportunity to share our crisis moments you know we don't have the place to do it so um, that's why it's important like to to make like the pressure the the that stressful moment or uh, anxiety moments or um that creates the whole story behind you you know like it's it's like therapy in in a way but it's more public and with you go to, to therapy like you are like depressing yourself from the whole things that that matters to you and fog of night is and sharing the failure it's kind of the same like you have a stage two 
to talk about these things that you are like carrying uh, from a long time depends on your failure but um yeah i think that's why it's important and and that's i think it's important now but it's going to be important like in the future forever <laughs> more and more like yeah and i think we needed like 50 years ago you know yeah. because mental health problems from people you know like my grandparents or my parents generation could be like kind of with more therapy tools and i think fogelman is kind of a therapy tool in that way yeah because what struck me from that is it's like that universal desire to be heard and to be able to feel well we talk about psychological safety and in the failure institute but it's it's yeah creating a safe space to just actually be all of yourself because as humans we make mistakes it is human and to have to pretend that you don't is going to have an impact on your mental health and your stress levels have you had any like shining moments of just like wow i can't believe that person admitted that but then everybody just kind of feels better together to be like oh, wow if that happened to them and they're still going everything's going to be okay yeah, like I ha I have that that moments every event, like, <laughs> and that's I I realize that I wanna keep doing this because of these little moments. It, it's it's like that because it could be like something super big. They say that super like crazy thing that we didn't know if they're gonna say it, or something like that feels super vulnerable and could be small but important for for the speaker and. That is a specific moment that you can tell that the speaker is like is feeling better and improving her their, themselves and um, having a a good moment in the stage, sharing something that difficult. Mm -hmm. I think that, that glowing moment that you do that you said it, it's happened at least one or two times every event, and. That's why I like to go to other, not only Mexico City events, but all other events in in other countries or in other cities, because I have that same feeling all the time, and and I, I just confirm that I want to keep doing what I, what we do. What a cool job! You basically get to like you made a business out of. I get to go around and just hear people's stories and just create space to make them feel better. And I mean, I'm not going to say you don't have to do anything because I know it's probably a lot of work, but at the same time, it's like. <laughs> It's also run by the community. So you've created this community and that must really fuel you. There must be a lot of energy from that. Yeah. Did yeah. you ever think you'd be this guy where you're like, yes, I'm the CEO of Buck Up Nights? <laughs> no, like I was, as I told you, I was an, an architect <laughs> trying to be an architect. And then like life changed and yeah, I put in this position. I don't know if you can share any of the stories or you can just like vaguely allude to some of the the good stories of failure that everybody in the room has probably been like, oh my God, seriously. What are some some of those moments that you've heard where you're just like, I can't believe that actually happened? Of course, I have my favorite stories for different reasons, but one crazy moment was we, we were invited to a festival to, to have a fuck up night in the festival, you know? And there were two speakers that were going to participate. And the third one was like unconfirmed, but it was the uh, a president from the from Mexico, uh, an ex-president from Mexico. We weren't sure about it. And it was like, we don't know, the festival was, we don't know. Like, 
uh, we are talking with him we have good connection but they are not sure about it blah, blah. and then when we arrived to the event like when 94 it was confirmed <laughs> uh, so we have a conversation with him like to prepare because we do that like every time we have a, a focus night even the local chapters they have they have the same the same training to coach the speakers to have like a special structure for sharing failure that's not the same no of, of another kind of of conference so um, we made the coaching he was like okay perfect i i, I can do it it's i i know my story i'm not what 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 i'm gonna tell um and the story was like uh, interesting but it was like kind of he wasn't saying everything you know uh, the whole thing in the story it was the last speaker and when he uh, went to the stage he tell he told everything the whole thing like money wise like uh, it wasn't about politics it was about a uh, uh, business a family business but super huge failure like million dollar failure um and he he named people you know like he, he said the names of people and it was and with a lot of like that in a, in a crazy moment but also with vulnerability and with a lot of of storytelling about how he feels about the, that moment because it was the family business and he fucked up the family business basically uh, <laughs> and it was crazy like i did i wasn't expecting that i was expecting like someone like more tight and not that profound and deep. polished yeah exactly. yeah and it was like wow we have a great story here and he did it he did it super good yeah i guess it's also a good reminder that even especially maybe super powerful people they don't get the chance to be vulnerable very often yeah especially politicians like well wow that's a good one. Thanks. <laughs> that must have just been like, oh my God, this is happening. <laughs> I work with a lot of leaders and so many of them are just so hyper stressed. And it's because they have to they have to keep themselves safe. And a lot of that is being invulnerable and just the ability to be more vulnerable in your life and your work would just allow you to function so much better. You know, it gives you more room to navigate. So having created this space in the world is even if people have never heard of it, it's energetically, it's out there. And there are people in high positions of power, probably, well, all levels benefiting from it. So I'm sure that has like a ripple effect more widely than you even know. So I want to ask about the other stuff you do, because it's all related. Like the Failure Institute. Like, what was the vision for that? Because this is where you really work one-on-one -on -one with businesses, right? Yeah, like we we use both brands, but yeah, like Failure Institute was... Uh, created to organize that the whole information we gather from the last 10 years you know like to understand how failure works and also how can we help organizations to change the status quo inside the organizations and actually the the fuck, fuck up the system thing came from when we start working with organizations because we already had, you know, the big movement and everything, and we are like kind of fucking up the <laughs> in that way. But um, 
this thing that you you only can change the system from inside the system. So we were like trying to do that, like uh, as a Trojan horse kind of style, you know, bringing the the idea of uh, sharing failure, but also that the superficial part of a more deep problematic inside organizations of more related to work culture and psychological safety and other matter like other problems that they had a, a lot of of their problematic we are trying to to help organizations to solve that problematics uh, around that gravitates around failure and are important inside the, the the organizations different kind of organization like corporations or ngos or government or whatever but the problems are the same and um and fucking up the system is to kind of go deeper with that more like we can bring an event a fuck of nights event to organization but also we can analyze through a investigation or research um survey you know that we had to understand the status of the organizations their field of management so the, the failure institute came with that like more like a for like um institution that could be a could endorse that idea uh with organization is there i know one of your speaking points that you talk about is the trojan horse of failure and it's interesting that you kind of you get into culture and you get into leadership through getting people to talk about failure it's quite a cool inroads actually yeah. and do you find that because you're starting with that, you know, you're not going in being like, let's figure out what your, what your best bits are. Let's not, you know, let's figure out what you do well and what you're going to win awards for. Are people more vulnerable up front, or like, how does that brief land? Do people tell you stuff you don't think they'd tell other people, or how's it work? Yeah, yeah, like we create, basically, we create like a, like a bubble to be vulnerable, basically. Um, a space where you can say things, especially leaders, you know, the, the leadership part of the organizations are, they, they had a lot of problems sharing that. Uh, of course, if the leaders have that problem, the whole organization have the problem. We create the, the, the bubble and, and automatically when people go to a, you know, a meeting or a call to coach the story, they already know they are going to talk about failure and they're in that call for that. It helps a lot to have like the brand uh, behind us saying like, yeah, we, we do this, like, and you hire me to do this, you know? That's the most important thing. Like they pay us to help them to share their failures. With all the things like the space became safer and, uh, and we, we didn't... Uh, we are very strict and we are very direct with VPs or CEOs or lead, the, the, the leaders because they are not very used to to be like coach on what to say, you know? Uh, so we are very strict, like, no, we have to say the failure direct because if you don't do it, our work is not going to help. You know, we are not, you, you are hiring us for this. We try to convince them all the time that leaders to share their failures the, the best way possible to help the organization to change the culture. Uh, well, I mean, 
you're talking on the discomfort practice podcast. So I love that, that you push leaders into their discomfort because you know that it will open up space for others. And basically what you're yeah. saying is like, no, if you don't go there as a leader, no one else is allowed to go there either in culture. Yeah, totally. Yeah, unfortunately, like most of the leaders, they want to, to do it. They have like a very good attitude to do it. And the people uh, under them, below them, they are more, they have more fear about it. And then we have the meeting with the boss and the boss is like, yeah, I love it. I, I really like the idea of sharing this. Like I, because they want it, they want the space. They didn't, they don't have that space. So yeah, it's kind of like um back and forth, but but it's part of the of the work we are the job we are doing with the organizations to change the culture is really difficult. No, you know, it's like something something structural and but yeah, uh, that's that's the way we help. And that level below the senior leaders is a tough one. I I am I have been known to admit I suck at being a middle manager. Like it's a really hard level to navigate because you're always thinking, okay, if I'm truly myself here, even if my boss says it's okay, it might not actually be okay. So like creating safety for that layer of very stressed leaders and managers is probably super valuable because then hopefully they pass that down the chain. But I think that layer is often unappreciated as real, they're the standard bearers of culture. And they're either going to be the ones who are made to feel safe and can make other people feel safe, or they're still worried about, you know, actually being vulnerable from their boss. So it's interesting. It just occurred to me, like, that's a good Trojan horse. It's like, if you can get the senior leaders to model it, maybe the guys below them will be able to, to relax. Guys meaning everybody, not using gender language there. But yeah, I think it's really important work because I imagine anybody listening to this who's been in a culture where you couldn't be vulnerable you couldn't admit when you failed it's probably just like it, they might not be able to imagine this kind of a culture yeah. but it's the only kind of culture that's going to be able to hold the future in which we can all innovate and create real solutions to these really tricky increasingly complex issues we're facing like social inequality war racism uh climate change complete lack of diversity and you know tech basically so creating space where people can admit failure is super important to be able to bring in voices that are quieter to be able to learn from failures it just strikes me how important this is particularly right now in in our human history and also in in a world that the only way that failure is allowed is in the silicon valley way that it's like fail fast fail forward that uh, well i think for as a it's okay but the the thing is that that it's you are like allowing that just to like have success in the in the instantly and that for for the employee it's not safe it's like i'm just sharing that i fail because i want to uh, be successful like immediately and it's not because i I can be able uh, or I'm allowed to share my experience and the way I feel and the way I, you know, it's just like capitalism in the, in, 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 in the lane of capitalism. And this, our lane is more like an openness and health work culture lane, you know? 
Yeah, that actually encourages me to like shed. I will never again say fail fast because you're right. It is just like break stuff so you can make a product that will make lots of money that allows us to sell our startup that it's it's coming from this like really kind of gung-ho mentality. And it's not about actually being vulnerable. It's not about exactly. it's truly human. I think it's different. Let's add two different mm. things. Some people compare that with what we do and it's totally different thing. Like, mm. yeah, um, probably works for that industry. I know <laughs> for that, for that companies, but the, it's, it's not the same, you know, we are like focusing on other things. So then what, what makes you excited about the future? future in general collectively but also maybe about the future of fuck up nights and the other things that maybe we've got in the pipeline we have been in difficult years after pandemic you know like during pandemic after pandemic because our business it's focused on events and you know like the whole economy is kind of crazy all the time uh but we uh, we restructure a lot the last two years about the company and we are not like a big company we're like a, um, a small one but what i'm excited about the future of Focomnet is to regain and that stability of 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 the movement and we in this restructure we create that stability we are we were very focused on on making it stable and and think about it like how it could be a global failure movement in 50 years. Like with the name Fog of Nights or without the name of Fog of Nights, like we don't care like how how this movement now looks in 50 years. It looks like, uh, I don't know, like teaching schools uh, every in the whole world or, or as we change the concept of failure in the dictionary. I don't know, like how it looks and I think we only can think about that when we have a stability in the in the movement right now. So, so yeah, like I like that for the for the for next year, like to start growing again. Like we are around two hundred and forty cities right now. Wow. We wanna go back to the three hundred cities that we had in one in one moment, and to be more present in in in, in other countries that we have difficulties to 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 be present like Japan or um Africa, like some some countries in Africa that we didn't have present, some regions in Africa, Asia also. Well, just keep bringing it to more and more places. Exactly. It just feels like I just keep getting this visual of like just it opens up space. It lets the light in. You know, it sort of like helps people to relax and go, ha. Ah and be part of a global movement, which is also a really unique and exciting angle of this. Did you ever think you'd be starting a global movement about failure and fuck ups? <laughs> That's pretty cool. As I told you, we were drunk when we, did, when we came up with yeah, like, oh. We didn't plan it. We didn't plan it at all. <laughs> I call for some trips. Everybody get with me on a plane and go, let's go have some carne asada in Mexico. I'll bring them mezcal and then we'll have good ideas. Yeah. 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 If someone invites you to Karnasala, go, go, and you're you're gonna have a good time or a global movement. I don't know. You never know. You You heard it here first. Now you know what you need to go to Mexico and do. Yeah, when I was in Mexico in January, my friend's family 
was having a big family birthday and they're they're norteño so we went to a discada and it was just so much fun yeah same idea their brand of it but yeah it was just like man i can see how this gets messy the mezcal was running very freely but it just yeah you gather you have ideas so maybe that's something for people to think about like get together with your friends get together with people you just want to like spend time with and see what ideas you have together about maybe what you need and then maybe it'll turn into something the world actually needs what i like of of that format of events and carne asada thing or the <laughs> thing or barbecue whatever uh, it's that you can like mix people from everywhere like and that's very uh, that happened that time like the people we were in that carne asada in that moment we were like from different profiles and different places and not the same group you know it was like a more uh, mixed group and that helps a lot to know people of course and have a good time but also to connect connect in in different ways and the, the way we connect we we end up creating a, a project but but yeah like it's 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 a good thing to i like i like i really like the format of of the carne asada yeah what's one final thought you might want to leave people with it could just be about failure or vulnerability or go to a fuck up night what do you want to leave people with yeah i know we we have been talking about failure for an hour and uh, the question is like have you think about your own failure you know like it sounds like a pretty basic thing but it's not like most of the people i know they have to think about it when i ask like what's your main failure and they have like i don't know let me think because they 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 don't do that exercise often uh and a way it's a it's a normal thing that your body and you yourselves do like you just like turn off or like delete that clip <laughs> of your from your from your drive and you forget that moment and you just like put it in like another place that you don't want to go back to so when you try to do that uh, on purpose you know like that that exercise on purpose it's totally mind-blowing like you remember things that 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 you didn't remember or you change the way the the perspective you have about that mo the, that moment also uh, for example a lot of speakers make some research about their stories you know in their facebook in their cell phones with photos or the screenshots of the conversations with the partners whatever then then we read the conversations or, or remember that as well like it was different from I was thinking it was. Uh, so you can realize that you can discover a lot of things that you you didn't know or you forgot. I recently went through notes from coaching sessions that I had like 10 years ago. And looking back at the things that I was struggling with or that I would now see as like things I now know I was about to fail in, like, you know, certain jobs or certain tasks or whatever. And I look back and it's so cool to see like, the thread and what it became now and my perspective on it like you said is so different where at the time it seemed really like I was desperately trying to avoid failing at something 
And now I look back and I see what a lesson it was and what a milestone in becoming who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do in the world. If you see it from the other side, it's just such a different experience. So it's your greatest failure. Think about it, research it, and see how your perspective has changed now from when you experienced it. Uh, let's leave it there because I don't think I can better that. That's a great one. But I just want to say thank you so much, Charlie. If I'm in Mexico City, I might be in Mexico City in early 2024. See if you're around. It would be great to have a mezcal and maybe a carne asada. Really, yeah. You're welcome. And we can, we can go and find some cantina. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for Fuck Up Nights. If you are listening to this and you haven't heard of Fuck Up Nights, go check it out. I'll put the link in the show notes. Maybe think about hosting one or hiring Carlos, Charlie, and his team to come do some work with your organization because what a way to open up space what a way to open up conversations about culture and where you need to go next and leadership and have fun while you're doing it so thank you for bringing this to the world yay drink more mezcal and come up with good ideas thanks for getting uncomfortable with me if you enjoyed this episode follow and like the discomfort practice wherever you listen to podcasts Leave me a five-star and written review and share this with other people. Help me to reach new audiences with this idea that consciously practicing discomfort helps us to individually and collectively discover our superpowers and create a society and a planet where everyone can thrive. Thank you so much to my guests all season. Go back and listen to a few more episodes to hear more of them. They are wonderful humans doing amazing things in the world. Thanks to my team who helped me produce this podcast and for those who inspire me through their writing, their conversation, and their support. So that's all from me for now. Follow me on Instagram at the Betsy Reed if you want to get to know me a bit better, some of my thoughts. And in the meantime, stay uncomfortable. <laughs>